Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. The digital revolution is still in full swing. It happens to maybe have slowed down a tad, but uh, I don't think that that's uh, going to be a long-term impact. There's just too much energy, too much innovation, too much desire on the part of people to live digitally enhanced lives. Now, with the benefits that come along with that, there's also some downsides to that. In the whole realm of cybersecurity and its related cousin privacy that we might get to another time. So I wanted to have a chat today with one of our fantastic monthly digital all-stars, Christian Anschutz, to get his views on where this whole cybersecurity issue has to be addressed by the leaders of every sort of business across every sort of industry, or else they're just asking for trouble. Christian, welcome. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. And uh, nice to be here with your audience. Christian, um, so, you know, from your time as a CIO, a chief digital officer, an entrepreneur, an officer in the United States Marine Corps, you've got a pretty good sense of, uh, you know, offense, defense, cybersecurity risks and all that. So I, I'd love to get into this a little bit with you, just sort of broadly your views on it. And then I want to ask you a little bit about what's the leadership mindset that has to help set a cyber uh, security culture or else in these times, companies are just setting themselves up to be, to be ravaged. It's such a big topic, actually. It's a, it's a big topic. Um, so let me back up. Let me just kind of put some context around it. Uh, and and I'd have to fact check myself. So I'm going to kind of speak in kind of, you know, broad numbers and whatnot. It was only a handful of years ago where I was working with uh, a couple large uh, firms and they had gone out and they said, we are done. We are absolutely done. We are not buying any more security tools, no more security tools because we don't have the people to implement them. When we do implement them, we're finding that it doesn't actually add any incremental real measurable incremental protections. And, uh, you know, we're, we're wasting a lot of money. And the realization they had come to is they had spent all this time and energy buying these big IT cyber programs and, 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 and systems. And all the vulnerabilities were coming in through the weakest link, which was, you know, the human, right? And uh, so this idea of, on one hand, sort of the infrastructure to create security, for you know the most importantly the people that use that infrastructure you got to address both so if, if we're going to talk about the culture and the people um we'll be talking I, i'd be talking more about that that ladder as opposed to you know how to you know have the culture to implement the tools uh and i and i think it's important uh because uh you know let's face it i, I don't know again i don't know what the numbers are uh history has shown us that the shocking the, like this the, the super majority of uh, you know compromises actually happen through not someone assaulting a firewall on the internet, so to speak, kind of an old way of thinking anyway, um, but they happen through a person, through an endpoint. It's somebody opening up that email. It's somebody visiting the wrong site. It's somebody decompressing something that should never be decompressed and so forth. And what do companies do? How do they solve that? Well, they give you these really cool training programs, like how to identify a phishing email. By the way, that does help, but it's not nearly enough. I think leaders have to do a whole lot more in order to get people to really kind of understand what cybersecurity means and sort of safe uh, computing practices actually look like for us uh, weakest links, us humans. 
Yeah, Chris, you know, it's, it's interesting as you're describing that. I think um, one of the leaders in the tech sector that I think has spoken about this uh, in a parallel sort of way has been Larry Ellison at Oracle. You know, right? One of the things he talks about is, you know, with the autonomous database or, you know, more and more uh, there, he said, I want Oracle to have a totally autonomous cloud because one of the things that happens with cybersecurity is human error comes for just such a massive portion of it. Or if if it's an error of omission or commission, geez, I forgot to install that patch and I, I'm so busy doing these things, I didn't get to it. So uh, no question that it's humans in there. So it's humans can be the vulnerability, but humans also have to be very, uh, you know, as you alluded to, that they've got to be, you know, woven into the part of the, the solution here, right? You, it, that company proved it. You go and buy, you know, every security thing of a jig in the world and put it in. And if you don't have the people oriented the right way, it's it's just not going to work. So um, you've been through, uh, you know, in your own career as a CIO and a CDO and an entrepreneur, you've you've understood some of these challenges. How does a leader try to help inculcate that into the culture? So let me uh, let me take a step back. So in, in the military, a lot of people see this stuff. I'm, I'm grabbing a book as a prop here. They they see a, a, a show, like a, a television show. And then they, they see like a military attache walking down a hallway, like the movie No Way Out. And they're carrying a folder, a red folder. This is this is actually a, one of my TED uh, folders. but they, and, and it says secret or top secret. And people would look at that and they go, oh, that's so silly. Uh, why would they do that? Except for that's actually what the military does. Because, and this is important, when you're in the military, the reason why you would carry a folder that actually says top secret on it is it allows you and then all of your compatriots, which is more important than sort of disclosing it to the enemy, which isn't physically there anyway, probably, right? It discloses this is what this information is, and this is how it has to be handled. You can't leave it anywhere. You can't hand it off to anybody. You can't set it on the water cooler as you go into the restroom, right? It must never be left alone, et cetera. And the reason why I bring that up as an example is companies actually are just kind of becoming aware of, and they'll say they have been for a while, but they don't act like it in many cases. They're really starting to become aware or need to become even more aware of how information needs to be handled, who needs to have access, how do you identify, how do you treat it, et cetera, et cetera. And unless you start building a culture around sort of the proper treatment of information, who can access it, under what circumstances, et cetera, et cetera, and then put real consequences associated with sort of violating, um, you know, the proper handling and use of it, you're never going to really address the the weakest link in security. You're only going to make them better at maybe not clicking on a phishing email. And there's a heck of a lot more work to do. Yeah. Um, so, Christian, that sort of calls to mind. I believe uh, it was not long after you left active duty, you had one of these opportunities to go <laughs> probe a company a little bit and help them understand where they might need to uh, you know, boost up their their culture of cybersecurity a little bit. Yes, this is a. I, I won't name the company. This was back in the uh, like late late nineties. I think it was like ninety nine or two thousand or something like that. And uh, 
you know, this is, uh, I was, I was uh, just getting out of the Marine Corps. I'd started my own business. When I was in the Marine Corps, I had to, you know, sort of Liam Neeson. I had a certain set of skills, right? And my skill actually got me hired as an independent contractor uh, by uh, uh, an executive team to uh, see if I could penetrate their uh, technology uh, defenses. And they gave me a couple of weeks and they paid me, you know, this contract, this is a completely an authorized uh, effort. Uh, of course, and this, by the way, is a financial institution that virtually everybody in this country knows. Okay, <laughs> this isn't some like little credit union on a corner, and so this is uh, almost everybody knows this uh, uh, company. And I, I was, I just saw the report on this because uh, I saved it over all these years. Um, but I was able to actually return a report within, uh, write a report within 24 hours of getting the contract with all of the administrative passwords for all their Unix systems that allowed me to have access to every single bit of PII, financial information, et cetera, of which this financial organization was a steward for. Uh -huh. uh, maybe I was inspired by the simplicity and the power of um, Mitnick's uh, Cuckoo's Egg, if you've ever read that book. Yeah. But the answer wasn't, I didn't do some brute force assault on a, on a firewall. I'm not really that technical. Um, I went in and I, I talked to the receptionist and, well, then that led me into uh, a room where I asked for help. And then I finally found myself in the right department where I was the new guy who didn't really know where to go or what to do. Uh, and then, of course, I couldn't remember a, a, a password or anything like that. And one thing led to another. And it was actually that easy. Now, times has changed, right? Yeah. It's no longer, you know, 2000 or 1999. But the same principles of like, hey, I want to hold doors open for people. I mean, because you know, I don't care what the news says, right? Where people are actually have a tendency to be really good and they have a tendency to be really helpful. And in this context, and maybe only in this context, maybe there's others, it sometimes is bad to be helpful. It sometimes is bad to open up a door and hold the door open for somebody. It's sometimes not a good idea to allow someone to walk down the hall who you don't recognize. It's maybe not a good idea to show someone who's new how to log into their new IT-issued computer. Um, and these things kind of go against our grain as being helpful and honest and, and, and friendly and kind. And I'm not suggesting ever abandoning those things, by the way, right. never. Those things should be hallmarks of all of our behaviors. However, we should be circumspect as to when we do those things and with whom, so that we know that if we're responsible for this folder that says top secret on it, only the right people with the right clearances actually have access to it. That's a true story. And, and uh, if, you, if I'm smiling when I say it, it, it was a source, it still is actually a source of pride. It was the, you know, quite a thing that, uh, um, to be able to to do that, and oh, by the way, the reaction of the I mean, I I remember going in and setting this thing down, and I, it was only like six pages. And by the way, I had to fluff it up, you know, because, <laughs> because I didn't work that hard on it, right? And I just remember putting it down, and it, it like landed like it was an anvil on a you know, <laughs> and uh, and the discussion was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. It led to some very good work, by the way. Yeah. Uh, a fun, fun, a few fun facts there. Yeah, Krishna, I, I I like that, and it it underscores those things. You know, if uh, if leadership was easy, everybody could do it and could do it real well. But it isn't. It's hard, and you have to balance that thing. Yes, we want to have a culture of, you know, kindness, politeness, dignity, respect for everybody. But at the same time, you know, as you pointed out, that those 
tendencies without any conditions on them can be uh, can cause some trouble. And you know, out on the other side of this, Christian, I think you know, uh, I don't know how many years it's been 10, 12 years since the phrase, you know, software is eating the world came into existence. And now we have smart everythings, uh, which is wonderful, which can be delightful. But I think some companies who are building things that have brains or intelligence and software and applications around them haven't done a lot of thinking about, okay, if I create this uh, new intelligence within it, I'm in parallel creating an opportunity for a threat. And I got to be thoughtful about this. And Again, I think it was funny. Uh, we don't have to name names here, but you have a you have experience with a, a stove or an oven that uh, that maybe somebody needs to rethink a little bit about the digital opening for it. Yeah, this is uh, you know I, this is one of those uh, chats that could, you know could go on forever because the stories are uh, are 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 actually interesting and by the way you all you all experience this to some extent what bob what you're referring to um is uh okay so i'll name the company because this is i was a consumer in this regard i wasn't doing any services for this company uh and the company my wife decided to buy a wolf oven wolf okay i don't know what was paid for this thing but it was probably way more than i could ever imagine an oven being worth but that's you know that's not my own personal thing right so i'm sure it's a good value it's just not something i ever thought i would spend that much on a uh or we would spend that much on a, an oven and so you know these manufacturers which by the way remember these sayings and why you know there's power and repetition there's power in repeating ourselves that that every company needs to understand the mantra that companies are likely to fall more in love with what they do than the people they do it for. And so a manufacturer, Wolf is a manufacturer, right? And so they decide though, well, we're a manufacturer, but people kind of want a technologically enabled product. So let's keep manufacturing. And then on the side, do a little something, something. Now in the in in a broader context, folks, we call this convergence, right? This is like hardware and software and the and connectivity all come together. And so now this unbelievable ten thousand dollar oven that I have, branded Wolf, has an app for it. It has an app for it. And on that app, by the way, this is great. This ten thousand dollar stove, I can connect my stove to the internet. Because of course it has to be. Sure. And then I can install my app on my phone because of course I should in order to use it. And then on this uh, really expensive piece of hardware with this, uh, what should be sort of equally impressive software, what I can do is I can't turn the oven on and off. I can't turn the temperature up or down. I can't do a timer or see the state of like how long a timer is. You know, the things I would think might be useful if I was remote. No, no, folks. Seriously, this is true. True story. Wolf, if you're listening, call me. <laughs> um, you know what I can do with my app on this Wolf oven is I can turn the light on and off, the inside light on and off. Now, folks, if you're not just like falling over with the irony of me remotely being able to turn on the light so I could see into the oven, then I don't know what you might think is funny, but this is a true story. And what does this have to do with security? The, in this world of convergence, right? Wolf, a manufacturer is starting to say, well, we need to get into technology, but they don't go in. They don't dive into the deep end of the pool. They don't get like a real capability that thinks about the the experience, right? They don't think about the value of the information. And then they certainly, certainly don't think about how to secure that thing. 
what I ended up doing when I connected that to the internet, well, I just created a bastion, which is probably super easy to penetrate and which to launch attacks throughout, you know, my home network, should anybody target me. But the analogy is true for all the stuff we put in our, our, our fire alarms to uh, light bulbs to et cetera, which are going on networks and enterprises everywhere. And all those things represent security threats, security threats. Now, that's not the culture aspect of it in terms of the enterprises that are putting the internet connected light bulbs on. But the companies that are manufacturing them, if you're going to get into technology, do it right. Do not sell us products that are the next, you know, like the Hotel 8, Motel 8 of, you know, cybersecurity bastions. Here, I'll open my doors open for you so you can come in and take it over and, and you know, launch whatever attacks on whatever systems I have. You need to be, if you're going to get into the space, be more circumspect, be more thoughtful of how you're going to protect the assets, not just that you're selling, but that could be compromised um, uh, the other assets that could be compromised by taking your product and putting it into these other environments. Yeah. And Chris, and it ties directly back to that point you made about, you know, uh, businesses need to fall in love with the customers that they're serving rather than the stuff that they're making. And, uh, you know, they might've thought, well, everybody's going to want this remote uh, ability to turn turn light off on them. I wonder, you know, if you're not there, if it's a remote thing, how do you know it's working? But anyway, that's sort of another point. But uh, so on the one hand, we as individuals and consumers have to be a little smarter about certain things. But boy, there's a lot of onus on the businesses to uh, to pull this type of thinking together with what they do and how they do it. And just as they go down and they say, you know, you wouldn't sell an oven with a uh, shaky uh, door that doesn't really close tightly. And, you know, you shouldn't do it with some of these other pieces in there that could cause harm, you know, digitally or through security to the to the consumer. But Christian, how do, uh, you know, whether it's Wolf or financial institution a while back, how do leaders push into their organization and help create the seeds that other people then, you know, build from the bottom up as well, that cybersecurity is everybody's business. And that if you fail to embrace it and, you know, claim that and own it as something you're with, you have deep responsibility for, you know, you are, you're, you're just, uh, you're real limiting your ability to be relevant in your marketplace. You're signing in a way your own uh, trip, you know, down the slippery slope to irrelevance. Well, I, I think there's a lot that leaders need to do in order to um, just simply do a better job for their organizations and, of course, their customers alike. And I, and I don't think we have the room uh, here or the time to cover all of them. Uh, certainly, we could cover a couple things. When it comes to leadership, folks, uh, for your organization, nothing is more empower, nothing is more powerful, nothing is more important than that fundamental premise of leading by example. Now, when you are an executive leader, folks, I hate to say this, but this is true. You ever get a chance if if the organization is very hierarchical and there's like an executive wing, and God, there are so many of those still, so many. You get on that executive wing and you go look, at, you peer into the offices of the, you know, even the CEO, and you will see their laptops opened up to their homepage, maybe their emails over here and their stock tickers over there. Terrible example of securing your top secret information, right? You know, just a simple idea of like locking your computer. There's a funny side note because I, I also have a 
in case it hasn't been obvious in our previous conversations, a little mischievous side to myself. When I was uh, uh, the CDO over at UL, I would walk around the uh, uh, you know the environment, you know, just because I like to interact with people. I I, I still think face to face is the best social network, and uh, and I would do that, and uh, I would walk by. I didn't care who it was. I would see a computer unlock. I would pop on there and instantly drop into an IM and I would IM myself or the CEO and say, hey, I'm, I really need, you know, a triple, you know, pay raise. Or I told this customer to, that they weren't smart enough to buy our products or whatever. I'd have, you know, just a little bit of fun. And oh, my God, <laughs> little things like that you know, create, um, you know, a real uh, let's just call it a learning experience. Yeah. And. And what it does also, uh, by the way, is it makes that leader have to stand up and make sure their behaviors are right, because that put a target at my back with everybody. And I did this hundreds of times, right? Yeah. Nobody, want, nobody. I mean, one of the f- biggest desires was that to get me back probably. But there's lead by example, lock your stuff up, talk about how data is sensitive. Don't share things you're not supposed to share. Yeah, yeah. Think about this. Don't don't share things you're not supposed to share. Don't do the, well, you know, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but okay. No, then you don't tell me this, right? You know, these things, that's a, I know we're laughing about, that is an element of security, right? If if you're going to share things you're not supposed to share, you're going to leave the top secret binder at at the water cooler when you go into the restroom kind of thing, right? And notionally, at least. Now, on the other hand, you know, so think about that, that, that points leadership by example. On the other hand, now leading outside of your organization requires you to really understand what customers want. And convergence for the sake of convergence makes no sense. And yet companies are doing this all the time. I told you about a wolf oven. I'll keep it personal. Just I have a sub-zero fridge and that sub-zero fridge has, oh, you would imagine. You can connect to the internet. There's an app for it and it does nothing. It does absolutely nothing. Somebody said, somebody in a product development team somewhere said, everybody's going digital. We need to go digital. And they never, ever said, what are the outcomes we're trying to create? What is the value we're trying to create for the customer? And let's create the specific value because there's no value whatsoever. Me being able to turn on and off the light of my wolf oven when I'm far, you know, like across the country. Okay. And if you aren't leading to your, your company to create meaningful value with your implementation of these digital technologies, don't do it. Don't do it. And if you find a place in which to create value, understand that you need to then protect that value by do it then if you can create the value and then, of course, extract value back from it and then secure it appropriately. So that value and your brand, by the way, isn't tarnished by the fact that you just show yourself to be a manufacturer that's just kind of dabbling in technology at potentially the risk of every environment that your technology is plugged into. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, consumer as Guinea pig, not, not always a good, uh, a good look, huh? No, not necessarily a good look. I, you know, I, I, there actually are some really uh, interesting examples of these converged uh, technologies. I think target was one of them. I mean, there's a, a number of them where, you know, they, they, launched very successful attacks off of these things. Um, you know, I, we, we, we have to be more thoughtful. Don't follow the digital, you know, the, the, don't just hop on the digital wave unless you know where it's taking you. And by the way, it's not 
taking you anywhere. It's what you're delivering to the market, to your customers and your segments. Develop for that. And then if you're doing that, think about it sort of in the totality of the value you're creating. I'm, I'm at the risk of repeating myself, but it is... Uh, it, it, it's it's important because it's not really getting that much better because there's not enough good tech people. There's not a, I mean, what is it? 1.3 million open cyber jobs. Yeah. So are you real great cyber people going to go to manufacture Humpty Frats to figure out how to build a little software module for, I don't know, a generator? Maybe, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe you need to partner. Maybe you just need to skip it all together. But that's, Two examples of, you know, lead by example and, and show that you take this handling of data, this notion of protecting data as a, as a fundamental, important asset, and then lead externally by creating the capabilities that create measurable value for your targets and allows you to extract value. And if you're doing it digitally, understand that there is a value then in protecting those digital environments, which your products are going into. Well. Wow. Well said, brother. Well said. It's a it's a fascinating um, topic here, Christian. You've offered some interesting uh, uh, examples for us to think about. I also think it was nice little peek inside the Christian Anschutz uh, curtain there a little bit. All right, so you see this guy walking around your office? You know, check him out. Check him out. But Christian, no, it's great. It's uh, it 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 is one of those situations right now that. Um, I think a lot of leaders have come to understand, hey, we need to think about this. We need to talk about this. Yes, yes, but you need to do something about it. It has to be meaningful action. And as long as uh, I think companies feel like, you know, we talk about it a lot, we don't really do anything, they're not, those efforts won't be taken seriously. And again, as we've we've said before a couple a few times on this episode, it is it is a horrendous risk that you're uh that you're putting your company at. So I think a lot of people, Christian, you know, whether it's customers, employees, whatever, are getting more aware of this. And uh, I, I think they're going to be very turned off by uh, organizations that they feel say one thing about whether it's cybersecurity, privacy, all the pieces in between. Am I being a guinea pig here or am I getting a great new opportunity to uh, gain some new digital value with, with something? Uh, I think we're getting pretty much smarter about those things. And uh, there's going to be a big price to pay for companies that don't get it. So uh, thanks for coming on today and sharing some of your thoughts about this and some of your adventures uh, into this world. It's, it's an ongoing effort, right, for people to, to take hold of and really embrace and lead in their organizations. And it will be uh, continuous, right? It's like the virus versus antivirus. Is for every technology that's ever been invented, it's been used for good and for ill. And uh, no matter what we invent, uh, it will be used in a, in a negative way. So we got to be thinking about that. Every, I mean, just think about our last topic where we talked about AI and ChatGPT and 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 the arms race now, the AI uh, yeah. arms race, so to speak, that is now kind of unfolded in public. It's always been behind the curtains. Yeah. Uh, you know, these 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 opportunities also present challenges, and we need to be mindful of that as organizations across the board. And I'll just leave you with this. I mean, you know, for our consideration and in and, and the work that I do, I'm way more concerned uh, about the lack of organic intelligence more than I am about the rise of artificial. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think we have a lot more work to do to actually be more thoughtful about the application of technology and how we're investing in it. Uh, and uh, far less reactionary, far less uh, reflective, uh, uh, the retro, um, 
shall we say, uh, far less, shall we say, circumspect than we than we uh, than we need to be. So anyway, I'll, I'll leave you with that. And uh, as always, Bob, I enjoy these conversations. They always get me fired up. Why is that? Is that you or is it me? Am I easily fired up? I don't even know now. Right? <laughs> well, I think on the right subject, yes, you are. And it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. <laughs> Well, Christian, thank you so much. Uh, this has been terrific. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. Hope the year's off to a great start. And beware, charming people walking through your organization saying that they're the new guy and I forgot my password. We'll see you next time.